0: Hello and welcome to BJGP Interviews. My name is Julian Lawson and I'm the editor of the BJGP. In this episode, we talk to Dr. Lika Kochel, who is a PhD candidate in gastroenterology at the Department of Gastroenterology and Hepatology, the Radboud Institute for Health Sciences in the Netherlands. And the paper is Predictors for Inappropriate Proton Pump Inhibitor Use, Observational Study in Primary Care. Uh, There is increasing concern about the use of proton pump inhibitors, but I asked... To tell us a little bit more, first of all, about the reasons for doing this study.
1: So, well, we know that proton pump inhibitors, PPIs, are among the most frequently prescribed drugs. In the Netherlands, about 80% are using PPIs at the moment, which is a large amount of patients. Um, but we also know that overuse of PPI is a common issue worldwide. The literature states percentages ranging from 25 to 70%, depending on the methods and the guidelines, mm. of course. But that's a large amount of patients that we're talking about. So I think we should do something about that, especially because of potential harm for the patients because of adverse drug revenge uh, reactions. Um, But that's kind of difficult because we don't know the exact predictors of inappropriate PPI use. So that's what we wanted to investigate.
0: Tell us a little bit more about some of the adverse effects of PPIs, what do they include?
1: So yeah, there's a lot of discussion going on about that because there are a lot of adverse drug events named in literature and not, the evidence is not that clear about all the, the drug events reactions that are mentioned. But I think we have clear evidence for, for example, enteric infections, but also malabsorption of magnesium, for example, osteoporosis and kidney disease.
0: I think there's been an increasing awareness, hasn't there, in these last few years that PPI as well, we were doling them out fairly yeah. generously, liberally, over the past yeah. few years that actually there are there are consequences.
1: Yeah, yeah, it, it is. There's more awareness, more studies going on about the subjects, and I think that's a a good
0: cause, yeah. Yeah. So important area to address overuse, uh, overprescribing of PPIs where we don't want to. Um, but, but as you say there, important to try and evaluate what might be predictive factors and people that where we may be use, overusing them more uh, than others. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about what you did in this study to investigate that?
1: Well, what we did was an uh, observational study using a primary care database including 150,000 patients from 27 primary care practices in the Netherlands. And first of all, we looked at appropriateness of the indication of their their proton pump inhibitors. And after that, we performed a logistic regression analysis to identify the predictors of inappropriate PPI therapy.
0: Yeah, why don't you tell us a little bit more about what you know? You obviously looked at um, the appropriateness of the indications. What did you regard as an appropriate indication in this study?
1: So we used the general practitioner guidelines from the Netherlands because that guidelines were applicable for these patients yeah, in that chairs as well. Um, so basically, there are two uh, groups of indications. The first is for uh, acid related diseases. For example, you can give it for, as a short course therapy for dyspepsia, but uh, also, it uh, could be a chronic indication for reflux esophagitis, for example. Um, and the second group is as prevention of um, uh, as related diseases, most of all gastric ulcers or duodenal ulcer. Um, and that is a bit more complex because then you should look at the patients that are at high risk of developing an ulcer, a peptic ulcer. And I, I think that that sometimes can be quite um complicated for physicians to know all the rules that are in the guidelines for this.
0: Yeah, it can be quite challenging, can't it? So you've got this big group, 150,000 patients nearly, based across a lot of general practices. Um perhaps you could tell us a little bit about your findings. When were when did um how many patients were on PPIs and w- which ones were more likely to be um inappropriately prescribed?
1: So from the 150,000 patients that we had access to, we saw that almost 24,000 patients um, initiated the PPI therapy during our study period, which was a period of three years. Um, And then we looked at indications, indication at initiation. And we saw that only 44% had a valid indication according to the guidelines at initiation of the PPI therapy, which means that 56% didn't have a valid indication at initiation. And of course, it was a retrospective study, so this could be an overestimation. But still, we're talking about a large amount of patients. And secondly, we looked at the predictors for starting a PPI without a valid indication according to the guideline. And we discovered that uh, older age was one of the predictors, but also the use of drugs which could indicate um, an indication as ulcer prophylaxis in high-risk patients. But then they use it as well in low-risk patients.
0: Yeah, so that's something like, well, 26,000 patients who were prescribed and 13,000 or so, I think, just looking at that quickly, um, who would not appear to have, there wasn't, you couldn't see in the notes, justification for the prescribing.
1: That's correct,
0: yeah. Yeah. Tell us a little bit more, but which in detail, which were were the predictors for inappropriately prescribed PPIs, if you can remember some of them. I've got some of them to hand as well.
1: Well, the most important were, as mentioned, um, uh, the old age, which showed an odds ratio of 1.03 increment per year. But when looking at the drugs, we saw non-selective NSAIDs as the most important with an odds ratio of 5.15, but also ADP receptor inhibitors, the coxips and the low-dose aspirin.
0: Yeah, it's quite a lot. So this is all on table three in the paper. Uh, and there was a number of drugs, wasn't there, including, you know, all the way down, including uh, low molecular weight heparins, corticosteroids, SSRIs, SNRIs. We've got all the acronyms and initials here, haven't we? Lots of them. Um, so a lot of different drugs. And you could see why as a general, I mean, I can see why as a general practitioner, these drugs, you think, well, there could be a risk associated with them. But necessarily, not necessarily um, PPRs aren't still not necessarily indicated, or certainly not in the long term.
1: Yeah. So, so you mean the low-risk patients, which still use, for example, a non-selective NSAID? Yeah, I can understand that. There's kind of like a gray area. So we only had a database study, so we don't know the exact individual patients, and the risk, like seeing a patient, is different, of course, than only looking at. Uh, their file so possibly like some patients could have an indication but still i think there are a lot of patients that could stop or not even start with the ppi at all and should be fine
0: yeah i think that's an important message i just say there is a gray area here but um the numbers are so huge in terms of those that seem to be inappropriately prescribed there would be a, there seems to be a lot of scope for reducing prescribing what what sort of um what do you think are the main ways we could go about looking at doing that
1: yeah, that's a, it's complicated, I think. But um, in general, there are two sides of the problem. So on one hand, you have um, the, the group that newly initiated PPI therapy without a valid indication, which we should prevent. And I think that starts with awareness of knowing the problem and really looking at the individual patients and thinking about, does the patient really benefit from the effect of the PPI or does it maybe Um, suffer more from the adverse drug reaction than that it really need the drug. And when you look at our study results, we saw that um, unnecessary ulcer prophylaxis seems one of the leading causes for uh, inappropriate initiated PPI therapy. So that should be a patient group that we could target on. And you could possibly think of a collaboration between the general practitioner and the pharmacist, for example, that you could double-check indications that not only one Person looks at it before the patient starts the PPI therapy. And the other side of the problem is the group that um, continues the PPI while the indication expires. So, for example, that also could be patients that started as also prophylaxis um, and that, for example, the NSAID was stopped, but the PPI not, and they just continue lifelong or I don't know. Um, But also patients with functional dyspepsia, for example, which is more difficult to let them deprescribe or discontinue their PPI therapy. But I think it's possible that we should focus more on lifestyle interventions, which we should investigate more uh, also, but it also um, takes time to explain lifestyle interventions, like how patients could, um, could live with their complaints, like how they could eat their friends, like that kind of interventions. And time is something that we don't really have that much in healthcare. So maybe e-health could, uh, could help out in this um, in this case.
0: Yeah. Um, it's fascinating reflecting on it because I remember when I was, so I'm going to, if I may just um, uh, go do a bit of a reflection in terms of thinking. About it. When I was a junior doctor, we weren't allowed to prescribe PPIs. They were consultant only because they were so expensive and unknown and particularly just the cost of them. But it's amazing how we are kind of slightly moving full circle or, you know, how things have changed, that PPIs then became so widely available and prescribed them so liberally. And now we're at the stage where your study suggests that more than half are going to be inappropriately prescribed and we're trying to find ways to reduce the prescribing again.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's that's, uh, what's happening. Yeah.
0: It's quite a change, isn't it? It
1: is, yeah. I can't imagine.
0: (laughs) Um, why don't you just, Lika, that's really useful. Why don't you just, perhaps you could just summarize the key findings of your paper for us again.
1: So we performed an observational study in 27 primary care practices in the Netherlands, which showed that more than half of BPI users seem to have an inappropriate indication at initiation of PPI therapy. And the leading cause for this seems to be a necessary ulcerative access.
0: Yeah. Lika, that's, that's an excellent study. Um, very well presented. And thank you very much for coming today to tell us about it. Thank you very much for listening to this BJGP podcast. The original research papers and articles can be found at bjgp.org. The show notes and podcast audio can be found at bjgplife.com. Do share if you've enjoyed it. Subscribe via all the usual places, including Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or your podcaster of choice. Thanks again.